Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to Divorce Not Dead, all the way from the Seychelles. And I've been so excited. You're the only person that could get me out of bed tonight (laughs) to interview and speak to my new Instagram friend, with someone I've been following for ages and sort of love your lifestyle. Wouldn't mind being you. Stephanie Chauzette. I can't say it. We've got to say it. Chauzette. Chauzette. President of Shomar Group, which is one of the largest real estate companies in America. And I am following you religiously because you are doing it for the women. I love women in real estate. And actually, one of my best friends in Dubai is in real estate, too, and rechanging the sort of face of Dubai. And I feel like you are doing that in America. So I watch you every step of the way. And I'm a big, I sort of always championing you. And I really, really love that you are in such a man's world. So how did you end up there? First off, let me tell you that I, I feel the same way about you. We met on Instagram and you're the only, I'm not going to say one of the, you are the only Instagram friend that I actually DM. We speak all the time and I love your lifestyle. So maybe we can switch and I'll be you for a couple of weeks and you, and you can be me. That's what I feel like you are me. You just the other (laughs) way around. I've gone young, you've gone older. So we're going to go into that too. (laughs) It's true. It's true. But we both have the same amount of fun and we both travel and, and live it up. So how did I get into, into real estate? I went to school for marketing. And then afterwards, my daddy did some help in selling some of his units. And I said, let me help you because there's a lack of language for him. My parents only speak Spanish. So at a young age, I took my test, passed, got my license, helped him. 
and ended up seeing how difficult it was to be a a young female in the real estate market, not really knowing that much. But I I loved the the challenge and I loved helping my dad. So I continued on that path. And I I love breaking barriers. And more so I love being underestimated. I feel like it's my superpower. So I kept it going. And I, I feel like till this day, I'm still underestimated. And I feel like it's what keeps me going. And I love it. Well, I think, you know, that's quite interesting because if people come in and watch your Instagram and your life, they probably assume that you've just started real estate with your husband and you didn't have the background in it. And I think that's, you know, people come in with so many preconceived conceptions of women, especially in this business. I mean, clearly you must have slept your way to the top. And I think, you know, as a woman in this business, and I think, you know, hearing that and hearing it's like from your family, I think is is really nice to know because you wouldn't necessarily know that about you and that, that you have started at the bottom. You've watched people, watched your father do it. You've worked your way all the way up. How did you meet your husband then? So going back to what you say, I deal with it daily. It's it's I, I almost tell my husband all the time, is it ever going to get stop? Is it ever going to get better where people don't assume that you slept your way to the top? Where Are people going to understand that I started in real estate because of my dad, that I ended up being one of the best realtors assistant. I would remember going and getting her chicken and she would be like, this is too cold. Get me new chicken and get me coffee. And I wanted so badly to learn from her. So I really did, like you said, start from the bottom, being an assistant to people that were really good going and doing showings. Then I started mixing in my marketing knowledge, still doing sales. And it's taken me a long time. I'm I'm almost going to be 40 soon. So I've been doing this since my twenties, almost 20, 20 years of being in the real estate. It doesn't get better where people just assume that, yeah, you did sleep your way to the top. And to answer your question, how did I meet my husband? It is the most asked question for me on Instagram. And people ask me all the time, can you do a podcast about it? Can you do a video? Please, we're dying to know how how you met him. But here it so is I've then. done little stories, bits and pieces, but nobody really knows the exact story. So I was at a Miami Heat game with one of my best friends. And it was a guy. We were sitting at the bar, and this gentleman, not Masood, not my husband, but walks over. He's like chubby, walks all over, walks over, and he's like, Mr. Masood Shojai sitting over there would like to meet you. And I look over and I'm like, well, who does he think he is? That he's not getting up to come meet me. And he's just like sitting back and sending his friend to come up to me. At the time, my best friend turns around and she goes, do you not know who that is? And I said, yeah, an old guy, but I don't know who he is. And he's like, he's one of the largest developers in South Florida. You need to meet him so we can fly around in his private airplane. And I was like, you're so crazy. Where I'm, That guy's old. Like, I'm definitely not going to meet him. I have no interest. He's like, just meet him and get listings. You, you're super driven. You want real estate. You want to continue selling, like get listings from him. So I turn around and I wave and he waves and I wave. And it's like, none of us were really giving in. Like, are you walking to me? Because I'm not walking to you. He walks up to me. He starts talking to me. And I say, you know, I, I heard you're a developer and I really like selling real estate, like selling homes. Will you give me some of your listings? And he said, well, we can talk about it over dinner. So we exchanged numbers and I agreed to dinner the following night. Well, you will never believe that two hours before the dinner, I chickened out. I was like, this guy's way older than me. 
I cannot go. I will refuse to ruin my reputation and I'm going to cancel. So I text him, I feel unwell and I need to cancel the dinner. So he said, no problem. We'll schedule it again next week. Again, next week, I couldn't do it. I canceled on him again. So two times canceled. Third time, he says me third time's a charm. And I never even answered him. I didn't forget that. I just never answered him. I'm like, I'm not going to go out with this guy. So a year goes by. I basically forgot about him. And again, I go to Miami. He came, same game, LA Lakers versus Miami. And I see him there with this bombshell. She's beautiful. And he sees me and he texts me. Dinner tomorrow night, 6 p.m., If you don't answer, I will never contact you again. So I say to him, you're here on a date and you're asking me to dinner and you're trying to get a senior citizen discount. I'm not going at six. I was super mean. And he writes, that's my (laughs) daughter. And I'll see you tomorrow at 6 p.m. So I was there ready, getting so excited. I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. My mom told me to just give it a shot. And this guy, Masood, picks me up two hours late to, I guess, teach me, teach me a lesson. Had I not paid for my hair and makeup, I probably would have not gone. But he picks me up at shiny white Ferrari, dressed impeccable, which I'm sure you see on social media. He's always dressed to the nines. And we have been together since that day. I mean, this, I love this. So there are so many things. First of all, I love that, you know, obviously, I think the, the mis sort of understanding with, with people where... the lack of judgment comes from is that, you know, they think that a powerful man like this is just going to open his door and say, sure, come and be president of my company because I think you're a pretty face. Yeah, absolutely never going to happen. I don't think any man does that in their right mind. It's just, you know, total misconception. Nobody does that. it's, It's not even nepotism at this point. And, you know, I think that, you know, you having met someone like this and then said, absolutely not, but I'm going to use him for what I need him for. I also love that. I think that's because most people lie. And I think what you just said, we've all thought it, we've all gone perfect. You know, let's go get the listing I want. And it's funny. I mean, obviously I did it the other way around. I was like, oh God, when I found out how old Sergio was, I was like, I'm going to jail. There's no (laughs) fucking way I'm going out with him. And I'm married to him too. So, and I think the age difference is the same as you the other way around. you're, You're more, aren't you? 25? I'm, I'm 19. Yes. Okay. 19, so I have yes. you beat. A little bit, but it's okay. I'll, I'll, you know, I think any, any younger this side, I would be really be in trouble. I'd be, <laughs> be out with a, I, yeah. but I actually think I, you know, what do you think sort of now that you're in it and having said that you would never do it. And I always believe that people go into things with too many rules. And too many preconceived conceptions, because actually you do all these Instagram things about how he looks so amazing. I think he's, you said 60 now, is he? 63. 63. And he does. I mean, he's got a great body. You know, you look amazing. You wouldn't think he was 63. He's running around with you or everywhere. Now that you gave it the chance, I mean, obviously you're super glad, but what would you say to other women who, who think that, you know, age is a problem? One of the things that I preach so much in business is for women to control this little voice in their head that spews doubt, whether it's in business or whatever it is you're doing. This doesn't look good on me, or am I speaking well, or do I know my stuff, or is somebody better than me? So that's one of the things I preach the most. And I think it goes back to this relationship. I didn't want to give myself the chance with him 
because of the conception that people were going to have of seeing me with an older guy. I was also hesitant after finding out that that beautiful girl that he was with at the heat game was his daughter. So there was a lot of things that in my brain that was speaking to me, like, don't do it just because of the fear of what people were, were going to think. And, and then fast forward, we started dating. I worked independently still for the first two, three years of us dating. And then that's when he saw my work ethic. I would cancel dates because I would be working till 10, 1030 at night. And I had showings and I would be taking phone calls. I am a, a workaholic. And I think he saw that, which is when he invited me over to do sales. And I was not in the same office as him. I was in a completely different branch. He wasn't technically my boss. I had another boss. So I really did start from the bottom in, in the company. And my work ethic never changed. It only just grew, especially because he's a workaholic. And when you put two workaholics together, it's just, you know, get stronger. But what would I say to other women? I would say just really work on making sure that your voice doesn't lead your heart and that you really, really want to do something, do it. Because it's about being happy, not worrying about what other people think. I feel like you went through quite a lot to get to where you are today. And, you know, you told me that a lot of people had sort of strong reactions to your relationship. And I know that he has obviously adult children, your friends. How did your parents react? Like, what was the sort of initial reaction to everyone? Because, you know, people do have such, I don't know why, they do have such a strong reaction to age gap relationships. Mm -hmm. Especially, I feel like, in the other way around, when it's a younger female dating an older, wealthy man, they just assume you're there for the money, you're no, no, bimbo. No, no. You they all think wanna... Sergio's only here for money. And I, I don't have any left, so no. <laughs> That's just what they think. And and changing that is going to be really difficult, which again goes back to just worrying about you you being happy. But my parents, thankfully, they had seen me date. I was I was a serial dater. Like I really liked to go out, have a nice dinner. And my parents never really saw me happy until I met Masood. We just like the same things, our humor is the same. We we enjoy each other's company. Truly, truly, he completes me. I feel it's the same with you and Sergio. You guys just have fun. You bring out the best version of yourselves. I mean, even Masood's physical appearance, there is not one person that meets him now or sees him now that knew him before and is like, did you find the fountain of youth? Like, how did you even reverse your age. You just look happier, better, healthier. And I think that has to do with your happiness. It is. And I think, you know, successful couples, it comes from happiness because no matter where you are in life, I mean, obviously it's not normal to date someone 20 years younger as a woman. But when you do that again, I, you know, I feel like Sergio has grown so much just to be around me. And it seems to me watching you, he has, you know, given you wings and made yeah. you the person you are today. And the confidence that you have today is is because of him and your relationship together. Yeah. So yeah, he might've given me wings, but I feel like he had them too and they were cut. Yeah. So I slowly mended his wings back because yeah. when you don't want to go home, because he was previously obviously married and I met him right when he was finalizing the divorce, but the divorce took a really long time for him. You could just tell in his face, he was depressed. He 
was sad, unhappy. You would stay in the office till really, really late to avoid having to face, you know, life's realities. So yeah, he gave me wings and I definitely made his just way bigger than they were before. And, and so he, how long was he married before? 28 years or a long time. He was married relatively young. He always wanted kids. So he had kids also relatively young. So you and I discussed this briefly before and we were going to go talk it because it's really interesting because I mean, obviously I've got kids, but they're much younger. So it's easier when you go into a relationship, although, you know, my children don't really have a, a, they have a voice, but they didn't, you know, stand a, they can't walk out. So when you started dating, obviously they weren't over the moon and no one would expect them to be. But how, how, why was it you couldn't possibly mend that in some way? Or where, how did it get to the stage it's at today, basically? Yeah, unfortunately, it, we never had a relationship. I feel like going back to social media, again, the conception of misconception of somebody dating younger, it's just they're here for the money. They, they never gave me a chance. When I say they, it's two, it's two kids. They're both females, relatively close in age to me. They never once gave me it gave me a shot and what i've emailed i've texted i i have tried my hardest just because i am very family oriented i am very close to my mom and dad as you see i take them everywhere i even yeah. take them on my honeymoon so for me family is everything and i would love for him to have continued a relationship with his daughters because i know he was the best best father i mean the stories that he tells me of staying home from work knowing that he's a workaholic just to be with his kids and being part of their lives in every day aspect and school and field trips and plays and everything and all of a sudden you see your father unhappy because you can't be blind you obviously have to see that you know the relationship between your mother and father isn't working and you're old enough to see and understand that relationships sometimes just don't end up working out and masood for example gate each one of them, like a $4 million home paid in cash. They would get G-Wagons, Range Rovers, black cards, everything they wanted. Aside from that monetary aspect, they got a lot of affection. And for them to have easily just grabbed their stuff and walk out as soon as they knew that he had a girlfriend, and then it got worse when we got engaged and obviously married, there's been no communication for the last maybe six years. It's definitely upsetting heart-wrenching to say the least for him. But I, like I said, I tried really hard to, to fix it, but I feel like they never gave me the chance whatsoever. And he never, I mean, how does he cope with that? Because I, I just can't even imagine. I mean, I, I can't imagine losing your children like that. And so suddenly you must feel completely bereft. I mean, very, very tough, especially because like I said, there's different types of fathers out there. Ones that maybe just give monetary, but they don't give their uh, like full attention. And Masood was an all-encompassing dad that gave every bit of peace. I mean, there was, the daughters could call and say, I'm sick. And it was a slight cold. He would up and leave to go be with the kids. So it was really tough. I mean, he was genuinely upset at the fact that there was just no understanding. Like it's okay for the mother to have a boyfriend or to move on, but it's not okay for the dad to have done it. And only why? Because it's a younger girlfriend or now a younger wife because of the way the social media portrays that obviously I like nice things and I like lavish lifestyle, but I also work really hard for it alongside my, my husband. But, you know, they just have their, their beliefs that they would rather sacrifice the relationship with their father than have to put up with their father be with me. 
Do you think that the his ex-wife has sort of poisoned them because that happens a lot and it's because of her, it was kind of a choice they had to make or you feel like they made this decision on their own? They, they must have been in their 20s, right? Yeah, for sure. I think it's definitely both. She definitely did not make it easier on me either. Very difficult. I, of course, Masood and her shared a lot of friends. All those friends were are goners. They never gave me the chance either. There was one instant in particular that I will never forget. Masood was very excited to introduce to me one of their mutual friends. So imagine we go to dinner and I was extremely excited, nervous to say the least, but very excited to meet his friends. I'm sorry, I'm just so shocked by all these things you're telling me because you live in Miami. Like, yeah. isn't it the everyone dates younger? I don't understand what the I'm in England, I'm expecting these conversations. But what you're mm-hmm. telling me is just it's so backwards. Sorry, continue. It is, it is. But I feel like, again, it has to do with the fact that Masood was extremely well-known in South Florida and very wealthy. So his there was more eyes and attention on him being with somebody that was, was younger, more so than if it was just a Joe Schmo from the street. But we went out to dinner. He says, I'm going to introduce you to my friends. We sit down. It's like, hi, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And the wife, right in front of my face, says, I need to talk to you outside because I feel like you're just making a big mistake. I don't know why you're with this girl. In front of me. I mean, imagine how horrible I feel having to listen to this. So that's when I just realized like these people that are their friends or your mutual friends, I just don't want to be around them. I don't, I don't want to have to meet them. There's going to be no, no one's giving me the chance now. And I'm sure it happens to you and Sergio after seeing you guys, you know, together for so long and be so happy. People are a little bit more understanding of why this relationship is really great. Oh, a hundred percent. And it's so funny. I mean, I, I, I lost friends too. And a lot that chose my ex-husband and all this, and I was the terrible one. And, you know, look, nothing was wrong with my, my marriage before, but it's just, this is more me. This is better. I'm happier. I'm more relaxed. If it wasn't, if it wasn't Sergio, I still would have been on my own. I feel like everybody thinks you're a gold digger because just because he's, you know, wealthy and, and older, but at the same time, that comes with such a price for you because, you know, you have to try so much harder to give him the life and to prove yourself to everybody. And at, at some point you have to say, as you, you have, what, why am I proving myself to all these people for what, you know, I, I am good enough and I, you know, I deserve to be here. And it's, you know, if you want to, if he wants to set fire to his money in a pile at the end of his bed, then he should be able to. That's up to him. He made it. What's yeah. that to do with anybody else? I never understood this. Yeah, which is why, again, I have very little friends. I, I'm i sure you've seen I only hang out with the yeah. same crew of like four girls that I hang out with and so on their husbands. But again, it was goes back to that. Like, why am I proving it to anybody? My husband's never been happier. He's never been healthier. He's never been making more money than he was before his before he met me. Not saying that I am the, the reason of that solely, but when you put me and him together, we're an unstoppable force versus when he was with his ex-wife who wasn't a workaholic, didn't go to work, didn't really care so much. It's just the whole baggage fell on him. Wait, it's just because I'm younger, I'm the gold digger, but you, she didn't work. She spent yeah. probably more money. She just didn't have social media to, to flaunt it. She just lived a crazy lifestyle that nobody would see. And just because she was older and they were closer in age, but like Masood says, it's not like she was here in the office until 1030 every night with me working and pushing and coming up with ideas and networking and trying to find properties for sale. 
So it's like you say, you find somebody that genuinely likes the same things you like and you just make each other better. And so when was the last time that he tried to sort of mend bridges with his kids? The last time he tried, he tried really hard. He would try to message them to go to lunch, try to message them to go to dinner. Happy birthday. What can we do? I miss you. Let's talk. Let's talk in private stuff. He doesn't have to come. He offered for them to have a relationship aside from me. Like, forget Stephanie. Mm-hmm. We'll have a relationship. We'll do our own things. We'll go on trips. He took them to, to, to one of them to uh, around the wineries in, in France, anything they wanted. And it was an understanding that they could keep their relationship separate from me. And one of them wrote back, don't text me anymore. You're harassing me. So it was really either you just leave Stephanie. We would rather see you miserable, sad, and unhappy than have a con- then continue relationship with you. So he had to choose, really, he had to choose either his happiness or relationship with his kids. And that's the moment he thought back. I mean, he was extremely upset. And he said, I've given them, you know, my entire life, I was unhappily married for the last 10 years of my life. And I didn't leave my ex-wife because of the fact that I didn't want my girls to have a stepdad. And I stayed on an unhappy relationship that really took a toll on his health because of them. And I feel like this is the time for me to worry about myself. And unfortunately, I think he, he, he knew he tried his best, but it wasn't enough for them. And that's heartbreaking. Honestly, hearing it this, you know, from you and out of your mouth, I think that it's just so sad. I mean, and the people that lose out are, are them because, you know, you, you can't get this time back. But as you said, you know, I don't like this way that when we are considered marriage, if you marry someone at a young age, you're, you are meant to sacrifice the rest of your life with that person. And I think we're giving, sending the wrong message to our children that no matter how unhappy you are, you cannot leave. There is no choice. And, you know, you can't have a better life for yourself, which is rubbish. Because, you know, tw- in your 20s, a lot of people don't know yourself when you do get married and you're responsible. And we do stay in marriages too long. Do you see yourself having children? I've thought about it just because you see my best friend, Roxy, had a baby. Yeah. And every time I hang out with the baby, I love the baby so much. And it's so fun. And I love nothing more to have a baby that's like Masood. If I had a baby, I would want a boy. I would want to name him Masood. I would hope he would take over the empire one day. But then the thought of it kind of scares me just because like, like you, you guys pack your bags and you know now you're traveling. And I feel like you can't really do that when you first have a, a baby. And to be honest with you, and I actually haven't told Masood this or, or I haven't had to talk with Masood, but I, he's so obsessed with our dog, Pebbles. And I, I know it sounds funny and whatever, people are obsessed with their dogs. But I feel like so much of the obsession that he has with our dog comes and stems from the, probably the emptiness he feels of losing his daughters, that it just pours into this dog. And he says to me, you know, she's traveling everywhere with us. We got to get her a nanny. And I think, I mean, I'm like, I love the dog too, but this is a little overboard. And he's like, this is how it's got to be. He had one of the biggest meetings for a very large property that we were acquiring. And he, the lady at the house calls him. He's like, I think Pebbles isn't feeling good. She's just sitting in the corner. She's sneezing. He tells the assistant, cancel my meeting. Stephanie will take care of it. I have to take the dog to the vet. And I'm like, can the vet wait like an hour? And he's like, you can handle the meeting. I have to take the dog to the vet. So 
going back to the question of the child, I'm thinking we live such a great life. We work so hard. We party hard in, in the sense of vacationing. Do I really want to add one more human yeah. that my husband's going to be so crazy about that it's just going to take away my attention? I don't know if I'm really willing to share it. I mean, you, well, have you frozen your egg at least? Ah, I bet, you know, I'm thinking about it. If I do, it's going to be at the beginning of next year. <laughs> yes. I think you should freeze that egg because it sounds to me like he's got empty nest syndrome. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. Baby. I feel so bad. Maybe I'll give him a little baby boy. Actually, well, you know what? I have a baby boy on ice, but like, I always feel like then you've got the option and I feel like one baby, you can have this life. I had yeah. three and mine's crazy. My life is just, you know, I've, but I still do it. I still do it. And, you know, I, I was brought up in a way that my parents still had a life. And I think that if you know you're going into it and you enjoy your life as is, you can have it, Stephanie. You just get a good nanny, you get a good papoose, and you've got your own plane. So what else, you know, what else can you have? Like you have your nanny with you. It's not as hard. And he seems to me like a really sort of very family-oriented man. And so are you. Like it would be such a sweet yeah, no, I feel like that would be the only thing that I would complete this cute little family, a little, yeah. a little baby Masood. It really would. And it's unfortunate because we believe one of his daughters actually had a child. So he's a grandpa, but we don't really know. And every day he's like, people will say, oh, congratulations, you're a grandpa. And he's like, what am I? I don't know. I have no idea. Like there's, they're left in like the, in the wind, like change numbers, change addresses, you know, these homes that he bought for them. It's like all paid off. It's so much money. And for you to have sold them to change your address so that your father doesn't even know where you live. It's just so crazy. I'm, I'm so like, I just, I find it so upsetting. I just don't understand how that happens. I really don't. I'm trying to wrap my head around it because I kind of, you know, it, I didn't know the story and I wanted to leave it to you, but you know, you kind of think that, well, it's normally the parent that leaves the child and says, well, I've got I'm in a new, new relationship now. And that happens a lot with men. When they start a new relationship, they fall in love and they, the old family goes, they create a new family. But it sounds like, you know, they have left him, which is just must be for no reason. I mean, people get divorced every day, literally yeah. every day. And even more so, I guess, I'm, I'm so glad that I get to tell my version because I never have in the last, I don't know, 13 years. Nobody really hears my, my version. But she... She, meaning one of his daughters got married. My husband threw it was over a million dollar wedding. Great, lavish, crazy. He said, you should have never thrown a wedding this expensive. You know, you maybe save a little money and use it for something else. But they were used to spending a lot of money and being extremely lavish. So she wanted this wedding. And guess what? She ended up getting a divorce. So you would think that after getting a divorce yourself, you would, hey, but listen, they, I'm going through a divorce. Let me reach out to my dad and say, I made a mistake. Divorces happen. I'm, I see you on social media. You look happy. I see you because I'm sure she sees us and reach out, but nothing. And it goes just back to the saying of it's really hard. I'm sure there's many females out there that listen to your podcast and they're on the other side. They're the ones getting the divorce. They're yes. the ones that are sad. They're the ones that look at somebody like me as like the bad one. Yeah. But I feel like there's not many podcasts or stories where the me, the bad one, comes into to explain their story. But by no means am I saying, you know, these divorced women that get left for somebody younger should love my version. Or do you know what I'm saying? But we also have feelings. We also have a story. It's not. It's not us. Not all of the ones that are the second wives are the bad wives. It's just not. It's just not the case. Well, he didn't leave for you. He was already. No, he did not leave for me. However. 
he was separated, not divorced. Because as we know, when you... I was separated, not divorced. But, you know, look, we would all like to have this wonderful thing where we had time. We got divorced. I was married 18 years, got divorced and then was able to meet somebody else. But it never works like that. There's always some sort of an overlap. And that's just life because you're hanging on. You're also hanging on to see if I, if the separated bit is for you to see, you know, put one, you've got one foot in, one foot out going, you know, what's life like the other side? Because you're, you know, you're used to your life. Yeah. And it's a very big limbo and it takes a toll. Again, I'm a huge feminist. I'm very big on women empowerment. I really support it. It's really what I rant and rave about all day, especially in the business world. But I do think we have to take a minute to realize that divorce is hard for men as well. There is, they also are human beings that experience being unhappy in a relationship. It is not just the woman that suffers. He's, he suffers you, the bad energy being nagging or yelling at him. There was very little times where his ex-wife would tell him, you look so cute. You look so hot. I see you tell Sergio all the time as much as I tell Masood, but you're like, oh, my husband, you say it. My husband's so hot. I tell him you're so hot. You look so good. You look so great. So I'm constantly making him, but I truly believe it, but I'm constantly, you know, making him feel great about himself. So when you're in a relationship and you're separated and you're just nagging and miserable and you look bad and everything is just takes a toll on you. And the time had come after many, many years that he met me and it was the right time to get a divorce. But of course, if you Google and you find it just looks like he got a divorce because of me, what people don't understand is they were separated, not in the same house or not in the same bedroom, definitely before him and I got together. Well, I think you're amazing. I've been, you know, I'm a huge fan. And I think that you are teaching people as well that, you know, your superpower is happiness like mine. I love that you sort of live in this bubble together and that, you know, I do need to learn to have a little few less friends. So I'm watching you carefully like that because I'm always like, she's right. You know, he always says I trust way too many people. And then I go, too many. I know. Too many. I know. You can't. I can't. And, you know, I do believe that our partners are, you know, that I'm going to keep Sergio. Sergio is going to keep me young and you're going to keep Masood young and that a happy wife is a happy life. And, you know, he's got the money. He wants to spend it on you. That's his choice. Everyone else should stay out of it. There's enough of it to go around as far as everyone's concerned. And I'm very, you know, I'm really happy that you came on. I do feel like younger women do get such a hard rap. I absolutely have done a podcast on this before. I do feel that always divorce is geared at women and not men and that men suffer a lot too. I believe that. That's why I never fought for anything in my ex with my ex either. I just said, we use one one lawyer and be done. You know, I think that a lot of people get sort of, or men can't cope through divorce or they get forgotten. And I think this is, this is a very, very powerful podcast for people out there listening with children that have left them. And it happens a lot, a lot more than we talk about. So I really appreciate you coming on and discussing it because I know that you haven't before. No, I have not. I'm actually really glad to to say the story. It's definitely tough for for me to even have witnessed him losing, you know, his kids and most of their friends, if not all, went on on her side. So, you know, as the new wife looking at this being like you lost most of your friends, they didn't understand because the husbands may, were all continued to be friends, but the wives 
went to that side. And you then can't eventually do that then. You lose the whole, you lose the whole you lose bunch. Them all. You, know? you can't do it. Yeah. You, the wife is always in control, let's face it. So, yeah. you know, she does the friend group. You can't take half a couple. You, but, you know, what I've re- understood is the ones that stay are great. The ones that, and then you've, there are new ones and you've got to just get used to your new life. And actually sometimes just clearing out and having a new life is not a bad thing. Yeah, no, it's not. Start fresh. It's all beginning. I feel like straight from his mouth, he's never been happier. He's never been better. And I feel like, you know, we have so much more to look forward to. And we're, we're masked made in heaven like you and Sergio. You are. And I'm really looking forward to seeing you in Dubai. So thank you. I know. I'll be there in a couple of weeks. I know. Can't wait. We're having dinner. So thank you so much for coming on Divorce Not Dead. See you in person in a few weeks. And I really love this podcast. You're amazing. Me too. So happy we did it. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. 